So while the worship group take their seats, I thought I would treat you to some lovely pictures from my recent travels. This is one of my uh, personal favorites. I think this one speaks for itself. This is New Jersey uh, in the USA. Ah, yes, I think. You see, Zoe will tell you that I am blessed with an absolutely perfect photographic memory. That is to say, more accurately, that while I personally have an absolutely appalling memory, I take pictures of anything that I need to remember on my phone. This means two things. It does mean that I remember everything I need to remember, but it also means I have some really weird holiday photographs. <laughs> Actually, this one is not the US. Most of you know Ash and Jess. Well, this picture is actually from their house in Perth, Western Australia. So I thought it'd be nice to share that with you. No? I, I, guess, I guess you had to be there. You see, these all mean something to me, but are entirely useless to anybody else, except for this one, which is clearly of New York, where I was this time last week. But as we'll see... This is the only image that does not contain a reminder for me, but a picture intended for someone else. Maybe you take pictures on your phone or leave yourself notes or set an alarm or tie a knot in a handkerchief or place your car keys in the fridge door if you need to remember to buy milk. But most of us have our own trusted techniques to remember something truly important. This morning, in our reading, as we look at the familiar story of Noah, we are reminded that God loves us and keeps his promises. For after the flood waters receded, God sealed his covenant promise to Noah by hanging his own reminder in the sky. Genesis 9, verse 14. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds... I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. A classic Sunday school story then that we all know. But did you notice in that verse who the rainbow is actually a reminder to? In case you missed it, here it is again. Verse 14, whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and living creatures of every kind. And he repeats this promise in verse 16. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind. While as a natural phenomenon then, the rainbow would have existed prior to this story, from this moment on, the rainbow serves as a supernatural reminder first and foremost to God himself of his commitment to Noah, his binding promise made to every living thing and every generation that followed, including us here in Linfield this morning. The wording of the covenant is laid out in verse 13, and it's clear, I have set my bow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. The word bow used is not our modern word for a beautiful rainbow, 
It, it alludes to that, the echo is there, but it's actually the military term used for an instrument of war, a hunting bow. So when God says he's hanging up his bow, setting his bow upon the clouds, he is putting away, he is upturning his instrument, his weapon of war, not hanging it up somewhere close to hand so he can easily grab it, but somewhere that reminds him of his promise to never ever wield it again. It's a sign of his lasting covenant of his peace and his promises to his people. For God is not just a promise maker, but a promise keeper. And the rainbow is a symbol that God's love and mercy are truly everlasting. Throughout the Old Testament, we see God's character revealed in a more than sufficient answer to Dr. Cloud's five tests and forming the firm foundation that our relationship with God and the revelation of Christ are built upon. Trust involves understanding the desires of God's heart for us, recognizing his justice and walking in his ways. Genuine trust requires us to look beyond the what to the why and the who, to discern the motive of God's heart behind his divine actions. And throughout the Old Testament, God unveils his love and his longing for a relationship with us. But trust extends beyond mere good intentions. It requires the capability to fulfill these promises. And so God, time and time again, showcases his power, his glory, and his omnipotence, affirming that he's not only willing, but abundantly able to uphold his promises far and above all the human characters in the Old Testament. The real story, the real hero, is God's unchanging character, his unwavering goodness, faithfulness, his immutable nature, consistently revealed across all of human history, an unblemished track record of love, in spite of humanity's repeated failures. In Genesis 6, verse 6, the Lord regretted that he'd made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. Yet in Noah, God saw righteousness, a beacon of hope amidst the darkness. Genesis 6 verse 9, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Through Noah's faithfulness, God enacted a merciful plan, not just for the preservation of life, but for the initiation of a new beginning. The flood was not merely an act of judgment, but a precursor to renewal, a cleansing that set the stage for a profound promise. Genesis 9, verse 11. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. The story of Noah, of the ark and the flood, is not a a tale of wrath and destruction, but a story of renewal, hope, and the steadfastness of God's word. The rainbow hangs over us as a testament that even in judgment, we can be assured God's mercy ultimately prevails. A sign written in the sky with a discarded bow, a seal that confirms, guarantees, and secures his promise to never again flood the earth. In life, we often face our own floods, trials and tribulations that threaten to overwhelm us. We encounter storms that test our faith challenge our resolve, and sometimes bring us to the brink of despair. 
Yet in these moments, God's promises still shine through like a rainbow, reminding us that even in the greatest tempests, trials and temptations, he is always with us. His love is unfailing, his word is unbreakable, and there is always, always, always hope for a new beginning. And so the Old Testament with its covenant promises, blood sacrifices and all the rules and rituals of the temple system prepares us to trust God whilst also pointing us to the need for a permanent solution for sin, a way to fully and finally restore the broken relationship between God and his people, a new covenant built on the basis of our trust in a loving and merciful God and answering his need for restoration and reconciliation through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is in the Gospels that we see then the ultimate incarnation of God's character. Jesus perfectly embodies God's love, mercy, justice, and faithfulness. Through Jesus, the once abstract attributes, the unutterable name and the unapproachable glory of God become tangible, become accessible, Jesus not only teaches about the kingdom of God, but demonstrates once and for all that God fully understands what it is to be human and shows us what living in relationship with God looks like. The New Testament then completes a story of trust and how it becomes a restored relationship. For by faith in Jesus Christ, what was once broken by sin and marred by failure is now restored. A relationship not based on human effort or achievement, but solely on our trust in God's love and resting on Christ's sacrifice. God's story from Genesis to Revelation is one of his relentless pursuit of a relationship with us. It is a beautiful testimony to his unchanging character and unlimited grace. A rainbow promise spanning eternity. Revelation 4 verse 2. At once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. Spoiler alert, that's Jesus. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Ezekiel 1 verse 28 describes the same throne. As like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. Every time we witness a rainbow, let it remind us not only of our trust in God's promises, but also the trust God places in each of us to care for his creation, to live in harmony with one another, and to walk faithfully with him. The rainbow serves us as a reminder of trust that is not naive, but is based on the profound understanding of the motives, the ability, the character, and the track record of our great God. In a world where trust can seem fragile and fleeting, let us hold fast to the covenant signified by the rainbow, trusting in the God who never, ever fails to keep his promises. May we strive to embody these principles of trust in our lives, building relationships that reflect God's covenant with us, a covenant of grace, mercy, and unfailing love. Bob Goff wrote that we will become whoever we trust the most says we are. We will become whoever we trust the most says we are. So who is it that we trust most? And what therefore does that say about who we are becoming?
Placing our trust in God is a decision to believe that what he says about us is the ultimate truth. And the Bible is filled with declarations of what God thinks of us. We are his children, John 1, verse 12. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalm 139, verse 14. We are chosen, 1 Peter 2, verse 9. We are loved, John 3, 16. And we are forgiven, 1 John 1, verse 9. Trusting in God means believing and claiming these truths about ourselves, not because of our merit, but because of his grace and love towards us. Romans 5, verse 10. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God freely gave us forgiveness. He gave forgiveness to the whole world through Christ's death when no one had even asked him for it, when no one deserved it, no one had confessed that they had betrayed him or rejected him. He simply first forgave us entirely on his own. Leading someone to trust you does not begin by first convincing them that you are right. Rather, trust begins to blossom the moment that we make someone feel loved and understood. And time and time again, God demonstrates he knows us and he loves us, not despite of who we are, but in fact because of precisely who we are. In the cacophony of voices that we encounter today, in a media that seems saturated with political messaging that's not trying to change minds but merely energise the base, echo chambers telling people exactly what they already want to hear, which is that we are right and the other side is wrong. We are good and they are bad. The natural result is that we simply switch off, we tune out. Yet is that not too often precisely how we as Christians communicate with the world? We are right and you are wrong. We are good and you are bad. How much more powerful would our witness and evangelism be if instead of trying to prove that we are right or telling people what we want them to do, We went out into the world and just shared the story of the God that already knows them, already understands them, already loves them, who cares for them, who believes in them. Imagine the impact of offering a message of understanding and connection in a world starved of real trust and genuine relationships. I asked if you trusted me earlier, but a better question is, do you believe in God? If you do, then that's great. But we can believe in God only to fear him or to try to please him with works, to move from believing in God to trusting in God and belonging to God. I need to ask you one last question, and it's the question that changes everything. Do you know that God believes in you? This simple truth that even before we believe in him, God first believes in each and every one of us. Every living thing, without favour, without exclusion and without exception, is not only the central theme of the Bible, but also the rainbow symbol of hope that a world filled with division, anger, fear and anxiety desperately needs to hear. Telling people we are right is not enough. Giving people rules to keep is not enough. Offering religion and rituals is not enough. 
because we were made for relationship and can only be made perfect in love. Jesus said that all the rules in the entire Bible can be summed up in the law of love, Matthew 22, verse 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. May we embody this law of love in our every interaction Let us be angels of understanding in a divided world, a rainbow people bridging gaps not with better arguments, but with greater compassion. Let us never underestimate the power of showing someone that they are truly seen, completely heard, and deeply loved. For when we do, we reflect the rainbow heart of God, and we build trust on the only solid foundation that there is, the bedrock of his perfect love. May our lives be a testament to the trust that God first placed in us and the love that he in turn entrusts us to share with others. In a world seeking certainty and assurance, let us be bearers of the message that transcends all understanding, the message of God's unfailing love and care. And may this message of love and trust reach and resonate far beyond the walls of this church, touching hearts and transforming lives in ways in which we can only begin to imagine. For in God's love and his love alone, we trust. Amen.